Learning Objective 3-1. Briefly describe the coverage, non-discrimination in benefits, and vesting rules that apply to qualified retirement plans. Qualified plans receive special tax treatment. First, the employer takes a tax deduction at the time contributions are made to the trust. Second, the employee does not pay taxes until benefits are paid out. Third, the trust is tax-exempt. However, such amounts will be taxed as benefits as they are paid to participants. Finally, taxes can continue to be deferred by rolling plan distributions into an IRA or other tax-advantaged retirement plan. In exchange for these tax advantages, qualified retirement plans have to satisfy a myriad of requirements. The plan must be in writing, and a trust fund or other funding vehicle must be established. The plan must be for the exclusive benefit of employees, and plan contributions can revert to the sponsor only after the plan has been terminated and participants have received all benefits promised under the plan. The plan also has to satisfy a minimum coverage requirement. Under the most common coverage test, the plan must benefit a percentage of non-highly compensated employees at least equal to 70% of the highly compensated employees benefited under the plan. This means that if all the highly compensated employees are covered, then 70% of the non-highly compensated employees need to be covered. If only 50% of the highly compensated employees are covered, only 35% of the rank-and-file employees need to be covered. Another concern is that the benefit structure cannot discriminate in favor of highly compensated employees. Highly compensated employees are defined as those individuals who are 5% owners in the current or previous year and those earning more than a threshold amount in the previous year. The threshold amount for 2011 is $110,000 and for 2012 is $115,000. To avoid discrimination issues, Many plans choose a safe harbor design that gives all participants a benefit accrual that is either the same percentage of pay or one that is integrated with Social Security. Social Security integration allows the employer to give slightly larger benefits to those who earn more than the Social Security taxable wage base. An employer that wants to choose another benefit structure will have to demonstrate annually under the general non-discrimination test that the formula does not discriminate in favor of the highly compensated employees. A qualified plan can also have a vesting schedule. Defined contribution plans must use a schedule as favorable as three-year cliff investing or six-year graded investing. A defined benefit plan can use a slightly longer schedule, that is, five-year cliff vesting or three through seven-year graded vesting. Regardless of the vesting schedule, employee contributions must be fully vested at all times and benefits must vest at normal retirement age. Qualified plans may have a loan program as long as loans are available to all participants on a reasonably equivalent basis, bear a reasonable rate of interest, and are adequately secured. 
A loan does not result in any taxable income as long as it does not exceed the lesser of $50,000 or one-half the vested account balance. Also, the loan must be repayable by its terms within five years unless the loan is used to acquire the participant's principal residence. Loans must be repaid at least quarterly using a level amortization schedule. From a participant's point of view, a loan is better than a distribution because it avoids income tax and the 10% penalty tax that generally applies to distributions prior to age 59 and a half. Loans are most common in 401k plans because the loan feature gives participants the sense that they have access to their own contributions in case of emergency. Contributions to qualified plans become the property of the plan's trust, not the sponsoring organization. This means that the assets are now beyond the reach of the employer or the employer's creditors and will be used to pay promised benefits. The trustees generally are responsible for investing plan assets. The trustees have a fiduciary relationship to plan participants, and the fiduciaries must act in the best interests of the plan participants. In addition, the trustees must act prudently and diversify the investments of the plan to minimize the risk of large losses. Finally, fiduciaries are required to operate the plan in accordance with the document and instruments that govern the plan. Trust instruments spell out the types of investments that are allowed, whether any types of investments are prohibited, and who is responsible for making the decisions.